So obviously want to get into the tour and new tunes and get your opinion on a couple things, but uh, let's jump headfirst into the tour. Finally upon us now, finally happening, finally coming to Southern California, going to be at the Glass House on the 19th in our hood in Pomona, California, and then the very next night at the Regent Theater in downtown LA, and I'm sure you're chomping at the bit to get back out there. Yeah, I mean, so we were on tour in March of last year when, you know, COVID just had different plans for us. We were, you know, a week into our 10-year anniversary tour for our first record to plant a seed in Massachusetts, and we had set up for the day. Whole stage was set up, light rig, everything, and we walk into soundcheck, and the promoter walked out and was like, no, sorry, guys, it's canceled. And we were like, that's terrible. And so we started packing up the trailer and then got a call from management booking, and they're like, yeah, the whole thing's canceled. It's all canceled. You guys are going home. And so it's been a... uh, a rough 18 months without uh, without touring. The longest that we have ever gone since we started touring <laughs> when I was 17. Damn. You know, it's funny. I, I wanted to get into that, obviously, going back 10 years to plant a seed. And kind of curious for you, being a kid, when you wrote these riffs so long ago, when you had to prepare for this tour obviously i'm sure there was some uh, brushing up to do and rehearsals and everything were you looking back on on what you did 10 years well 12 years ago plus now and, and impressed or kind of depressed like dude what were you thinking or was it like dude nice okay it kind of take me back to to looking back upon yourself now with some some age and wisdom after all these years oh i definitely i definitely had both reactions you know there are some songs where i'm like man this song still rips like that's cool and other parts where i was <laughs> Just like, what am I doing? Like, why, why did I do this? Like, why, why did I ever think that this was cool or a good idea to write a song like this? If you had to put it on a scale, which way would you think it would tip more? You know, on like the scales of justice, which way would it tip? Would it be 60-40? Which way? Yeah, I would go with, with probably 60-40. In our first record, we just did like a ton of tempo changes, which was like really cool for the time. And, you know, 2008 metalcore, like that was cool to do tempo changes and like spice up your music and whatever. I don't know if I've written a tempo change in a song now since like 2013. Like (laughs) now, now it just sounds like unnatural. Like it's, it's weird to me to hear it because I just want to hear the same tempo. And it's like, you know, aside from the, uh, you know, write 10 different riffs and glue them together and make a song (laughs) mentality that was also 2008 metalcore it's the the tempo changes really kind of messed me up a bit but there's actually one song off to, to plant a seed the uh i think it's the ninth song on the record called searching seeking reaching always yeah we've never the, the first time we ever played that song live was on the to plant a seed 10-year tour we had never even played it live before wow the and- very first time it ever got played live was on the reunion tour for the record Dang, that's one of my favorites, too. I'm shocked to hear that. Yeah, it just, you know, back in the day, it just never really fit in. And also, like, The Planet Seed was our first record, so we didn't do a whole lot of uh, headlining. We were usually, like, an opening band on a bigger tour. Uh, yeah. So, you know, we got 30 minutes to play, and we just got to pick the singles and, you know, our favorite songs, maybe a few of those, and, and toss them in there. So that song just never really got the chance even to uh, to come out on stage. And, you know, it's interesting. I had read somewhere that uh, you playing these songs on this tour and then kind of retiring these songs, too, at the same time after this tour. We've come to the point in our career because we, you know, have been a band for so long now. And, you know, we've released five records so far and we'll have another one out 
sometime. We we haven't announced that one yet, but it'll it'll be out sometime. So it's like when we play a set, like if we're not headlining, you know, we're going to get 30 minutes. We're going to maybe get 40 minutes. And to choose songs off, you know, potentially six different records, that's not even like two songs a record. Like, so it's we have, you know, three, maybe four singles from each record. And we're not even at the point where we can play all the singles off all the records. We figured, you know, we got to make space in our set. We got to, we really want to make space for, for newer material as well. And if we don't do a tour that just celebrates to plant a seed and celebrates what to plant a seed did for us, then, you know, we're doing the record itself a disservice. It was such a huge moment for us. And like, you know, that really like the decider of what our career could be. It was the first, you know, our first record that really showed that there was potential in our band to be something. And so we were like, okay, well, let's do a tour that just is completely dedicated to it. And we can play every single song and fans can hear every single song live. And then we'll just kind of, we'll retire them. Maybe, maybe we'll break them out again, you know, in another 10 years or something. We'll see. <laughs> 20, you know, it's not like, yeah, it's not like we'll never, ever, ever again play these songs. But for now, we're just going to going to put them in the vault and make room for uh, for a bunch of new stuff to come out. You know, as, as we look back and certainly uh, one to honor and get some memories from you about Kyle to keep his spirit alive. Is there any tune on this album that makes you really think about him? And can you talk a little bit about him as a human rather than just the musician that we knew him as? It's every song really just reminds us all of Kyle. You know, he was, he was 18 when we did the record. We were, we were literal kids in a house in rural Indiana just drinking like six monsters a day and <laughs> trying to make a metalcore record. It's funny because we got like a, a monster endorsement, which was crazy because we we're such a small band and we had no endorsements at all. And so they just sent a bunch of cases to the studio and a bunch of teenagers, we literally just lived off monsters. Oh, like yeah. if I did that now, like if I drink, I think if I drank <laughs> more than one monster now, my body would just shut down and I would just, I'd be unconscious in my house. Like, that is, it is crazy to me, you know, being that young in the studio, just slamming monsters and eating basically like hot dogs and bread because we also just had no money, Yep. you know, all together and, and not understanding, you know, what that record would, would eventually mean to us and what it would enable us to do and, and how it would really be just like the launching pad for like an actual like career in music is, is insane. And, Man, we started touring, you know, even a few years before that. But yeah, I guess this year is going to be like 12 years of To Plant a Seed. And we basically like grew up with each other, like figured out how to become, you know, young adults and then mid-20s adults and some of us up to 30, you know, together on the road. Like we toured incessantly, probably six, seven years after To Plant a Seed came out. We didn't really slow down. And then when we slowed down, it was like, okay, we're not touring 10 months out of this year. We're touring nine months out of this year. <laughs> so it's still, you know, it never stopped. And we, you know, just became super close like a, like any any family would. You know, we, we actually grew up together and figured out what it was to be a young adult. You know, the, the men that we are together. When we lost Kyle, it was just, it was absolutely devastating it was it was something that 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 relationship and being in proximity and seeing each other every day was just something that we had built 
you know, over a decade of our lives on. And for that to just instantly change was, was terrible. And, you know, Kyle, for us in the band, him and him and Andy are, you know, the, the troublemakers, the, the class clowns, <laughs> you know, they would get just everyone going all the time, always cracking jokes, always keeping spirits up. You know, we'd be in the middle of like Arizona with our van breaking down in like a terrible situation, making 75 bucks a night and they would still be cracking jokes and everyone would, would still somehow be able to miss the terrible moods that we, you know, should have been in at that time we wrote two songs after he passed called carry the weight and from the first note and they both kind of showed a different dynamic of of losing kyle and that grief and one of them was just about the grief and you know the awfulness of it and the other one was was really just celebrating the the impact and the influence that he had had on our lives you know that's something that that still will continue to always shine through in all of like the new music that we put out now and the new music that we're going to put out in two years from now and however long the band goes like you know i think that him and his his influence on us will just always be present great to hear that he was kind of the prankster and the jokester and always keeping things like always entertaining always kind of on it seems like and i i think everyone you could look to every band member and there's probably bands that you all love in common and part of why you're in a band together, right? You all have those core bands that you love together. And then everyone's got that one band that they love that nobody else kind of likes, right? That they champion mm-hmm. to death. Was was there one band for Kyle that you remember that he was like, these guys are great. And you're like, eh, they're okay. But he was like, no, no, they're the greatest. Was there one band that he was like super oh, in man. love that, that he sold you or maybe he did convert you on? So, so Kyle loved electronic music. And he was the first in the band to love it. And he was the only one in the band to love it. <laughs> so back, even even before like dubstep and Skrillex got super popular, and there was just that, that obnoxious variation of electronic music that was just like sound effects and crazy, in my opinion, just terrible noises. And, you know, <laughs> Kyle would put on these tracks in the bus and be like, oh, this track rips. And I'm like, this is this is terrible. I, I cannot <laughs> listen to this. Like, this is not musical. Like, I cannot do it. But he loved it. And he created, you know, a bunch of his own electronic music on the side and that he released. It's online as well. And, uh, like, that was just always his thing. And I think that, like, was such a huge influence when we did Cold Like War, um, our last record that we released, because we let him do all of all of like the production and keyboard elements on that. He had his laptop there in the studio. And so, you know, we'd tell him, hey, we want some keyboards here. And he would go and create the sound and the part and everything. And we really gave him just full control of that aspect of the record. And it's something that our fans really noticed on, on Cold Like War. We did our best to honor that on all of our new stuff. You know, we recorded it with the same producer, Drew Folk, who was really good friends with Kyle and really understood him and understood, you know, that aspect of music. So we really tried to keep that part of Kyle alive in all of our new stuff as well. I love it. And I love it and appreciate the thoughts and the insights on him. It's great to hear and, and keep his, his spirit alive. You know, looking forward to the new music and loving what I've heard so far, Dark Bloom and Black Hole and been playing both of those. And I uh, wanted to dig into that a little bit. Cool to have your old friend Caleb on a track and kind of talking about being around for so long to see him in Attack Attack. And then now what he's doing with Baratooth is just insane. Yeah, it's crazy. Our drummer, David, 
has known Caleb since basically like kindergarten. And oh, we wow. met Caleb in the days of Attack Attack before Attack Attack was even signed and our band wasn't signed. And I was like, I want to say I was 16. Caleb was like 14. Wow. And we were hanging out in Columbus, Ohio with uh, with some of his old bandmates and stuff. We like literally in terms of, of music and metalcore and the scene and everything like grew up together. And his musical journey has been awesome. I mean, their tooth is just ripping the head off the world right now for real so i'm super proud of him and we've talked about doing a collab between our bands for years like literal years and it just you know it never worked out until now and then i'm actually kind of happy because i feel like it worked out like exceptionally well i think caleb's part in black hole adds just an awesome dynamic and like a uniqueness to the song and I'm I'm super stoked that it that it finally worked out and it worked out so well for this track. And did you record that during the pandemic? Were you able to get together with them or is it one of those situations where you had to kind of send it into you? Yep, it was it was definitely pandemic times and he recorded it uh, while he was at home and we were at the studio in LA. We couldn't get together to get it done because, you know, pandemic, but it still got done, which is which is still good for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds awesome. You would never know the difference, and it's not like he doesn't know what he's doing at this point in time. Yeah, absolutely. The prodigy that he is recording every single instrument all by himself and everything, just amazing. And I saw him on this tour that he's out on one of the first dates in Anaheim, and just on fire and, and incredible. You know, yeah, that mean uh, that mean way tour, right? Yeah, that tour. Yeah, sick, Bill. Yeah, that's. That's awesome. Another another great band. You know, speaking of uh, old friends, another old friend that I wanted to talk about, some old friends that uh, were in another band back in the day and, and now having a ton of success today and just put out their finally their debut album. Of course, talking about Courtney and Mike and I Wrestled a Bear One slash Spirit Box, but talk about those guys. And then you recently just helped them out, speaking of the pandemic recently, right? Financially. Yeah, more or less. Uh, we didn't didn't really try to make like a, a big deal about it or anything, but um, they were renting our production. We own so our band. We uh, we kind of own all our own lights and stuff. So if you're able to come out to the to plan a sea tour and you see all the production on stage, the lights, the LED walls, all that stuff, we actually bought it and we own it. And so we rent it out to other bands, and we had rented it out to them. And typically, how it works when you rent production is you can either you kind of pay up front for it. So maybe like two weeks at a time you'll pay for the production rental and stuff. So uh, we had rented out our production to them and their tour got canceled so early on. We just told them, don't like, don't worry about it. Like we don't expect, you know, any money from you guys. Like this is terrible. We know how it feels. And so we just canceled the bill entirely and uh, said, we're sorry. Like it's just a terrible situation to be in, you know, because expenses for tour, they're all front loaded. And then you go on the tour and, you know, after a few weeks, you make that money back and you can start to make a profit. And then hopefully by the end of the tour, you're actually making real profit. But when you go on a tour and it gets canceled really early, all of those expenses are still front loaded. You still have to pay them and you just lose so much money. You know, we had it happen to us a year and a half ago when we started to plan a sea tour. We only got through six shows on it, but we still had to pay all those expenses up front. And so we know know how terrible that feels. So we did as best we could to help them out and just cancel their their production bill from us. You did a solid for some old friends. It's great great to hear. And then super kind of you. And obviously you understand, like I said, old friends and killer what they're doing with Spirit Box now, right? Their record is going to add. I mean, it already is crushing. 
you know, but it's just going to continue to crush. And it's it's good to see uh, success head their way. So good and, and so many different flavors and styles. And, and uh, Courtney, what a voice, man. Yep, absolutely. Joshua, I appreciate all the time. Just one last thing I got to hit you with, especially you being a guitarist. We're one of those old school radio stations. We still do mandatory Metallica. We we celebrate Metallica every night at 10 o'clock, which you're going to be a part of. And I'm kind of curious. I mean, imagine growing up and learning guitar. You went through that phase where you're learning riffs and learning some Metallica riffs. Are you a Metallica fan? I skipped that phase. This is actually kind of a funny story. I'll try to keep it really brief. When I joined my band, uh, I was 15 years old. I was the last member to be added. So I'm officially the last original member. Dave, our singer, and I are the last, the only remaining original members. I didn't really know what kind of band it was. And I had never listened to any sort of like heavy music ever. I listened to like pop punk and stuff. And so when I joined the band, they were like, oh, you got to listen to all these records. And it was like, you know, like Pass the Flask from The Bled and uh, some from First to Last stuff. And then from Michigan was a band called Chiodos that was really big at the time. I was like, oh, okay, I'll listen to all this stuff. And I used to play it on my Walkman. And I would just fast forward all the screaming parts because it was it was too heavy for, for my ears at that point. <laughs> I, I did not I did not get it at the time. And then I was like, well, I just want to be in a band, so I'm going to be in this band. So I got into any sort of metal or heavy kind of music way late in my guitar playing journey. And even in like my band journey, I remember being at like, our fourth or fifth show ever at a bar and a song came on over the PA and changeover. And literally all the kids at the show are, are singing it. And I looked at our bass player at the time. I was like, what is this? He's like, Oh, this is under oath. This is a record called they're only chasing safety, which <laughs> is like, everyone knows that record. Like, <laughs> like it is undeniably like an amazing record. And like, I didn't even know what that was at the time for, wow. for being in a metalcore band and not knowing what they're only chasing safety from under oath was. So I missed pretty much every like all the classic you know heavy and metal bands i i actually missed out on all of that wow i'm astonished i know i know and like growing up as well like you know my dad my dad is listening to like the bare naked ladies and hootie and the blowfish <laughs> and third eye blind so it's like i like super missed out on any sort of heavy music <laughs> So no wonder you went, you know, punk pop was super edgy going from Bare Naked Ladies to, you know, Blink-182 or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember listening to a few different like Reliant K songs and being like, oh, man, this is heavy. Like this is <laughs> this is dark and riven and just having no idea. Absolutely no idea what the standard of heavy music actually is. So all these years later, you still haven't absorbed any Metallica. I mean, not even like an inner Sandman or anything. I mean, of course, I have like I've heard it, but I don't like actively, actively listen to it. I did have a friend in high school that would listen to like the symphony in Metallica, like uh, with a yeah. full on orchestra behind it. Right. And I thought that was super cool. And like, that was something that I was just like, that's awesome. Cause I also, I played trombone all through school and I was in symphony band and I was really into full symphony orchestras. I thought they sounded amazing. And I remember him playing that CD and I was just like, this is really cool. Like, I actually really like this. This is awesome. And then when I joined my band and started writing for our EP and for To Plant a Seed, 
I was like, we're throwing violins everywhere we can. We're throwing in strings and piano and like any symphonic elements that I can get in my music is absolutely going into music. Wow. So they Metallica did end up having a roundabout effect on you. Yeah, so it actually did, in a way, influence me without even knowing the name of the song, you know, (laughs) just hearing it and thinking that that was cool and that, you know, distortion guitars with, like, symphonic orchestra was, like, insane to me and awesome. So, yeah, it, it actually did. Beautiful, man. Thank you so much for the time, and I can't wait to see the show out there at the Glass House on the 19th. Absolutely awesome. Thanks, man. Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety, available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming online at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.